Welcome to the Antioch Initiative Podcast, a podcast about the unreached and topics related to giving them access to the good news of Jesus. Hi, this is Nick with the Antioch Initiative Podcast, and I am blessed this afternoon to be sitting with Susanna from Africa. Thanks, Susanna, for joining us this afternoon. I'm glad to be here. And uh, you shared yesterday in chapel uh, at NCU, and we'll be talking about that in a bit. But I wanted to hear, first of all, I wanted you to ask to share with some of our listeners about your journey, uh, you've been working with a people group that are quite amazing, the Somalis, for some time. Mm-hmm. And it started right here in North Central. Mm-hmm. Would you mind sharing a little bit about how um, your journey with Somalis started? Yeah, sure. Um, before I came here as a student, I was a, I, I felt a call to missions when I was 17. Um, I already knew I wanted to be in or I already knew the Lord had spoken to me about vocational ministry, but I was kind of weighing a couple of things. And I read a devotional um, about how God's heart is really for spreading him his his fame and his gospel from Genesis to Revelation, and it's throughout the whole book. And in that moment of um, feeling that call, I also felt like the Lord dropped in me um, a sense that specifically one sentence... Um, I want you to um, love the unlovable and reach the unreachable by being an extension of me among them. And wow. so that that I didn't even know what the concept of unreached was at right. that time. Sure. A little bit later, I met a missionary from Tibet who really opened that up to me. And I just sure. was so on fire for reaching people who lived in a place like Tibet where people didn't want to go and visit. And it was hard for people to stay there and sure. they had no one to tell them. So that was sure. a part of my call. When I got here to, to Minneapolis, um, I started to see um, Muslims on the street. I kind of got stirred up in my classes for Muslims. I I went to um, like some sort of a student fair where you could volunteer for different organizations in the area and what was called World Re- World Relief at the time sure. had a booth. And yeah. I, I thought, that's a good thing. I'm here to study missions. I'm, right. um, I'm just going to volunteer. And I don't know who they'll put me with, but it'll be somebody in a cross-cultural yeah. setting, somebody from not my culture. And they signed me up with a Somali family. Wonderful. And I... Um, I set up their apartment. They gave that I worked with some one of their somebody from World Relief, and we would go shopping at the thrift store, and we welcomed people. Sure. We welcomed a family um, from at the airport and welcomed them to America, helped them have winter coats, and go through all kinds of things. Yeah. I would visit this apartment building all the time, and they would introduce me to their other Somali friends and family there and other apartments. And really, it was my little mission field when I was here um, as an 18, 19 year old freshman. And one day I just felt like the Holy Spirit impressed on me, like um, the unloved and the unreached, that part of my calling were Right. right here at my doorstep. And that was the beginning for me to feel like, um, a call to Somalis. Yes, wonderful. Um, yeah, I feel, um, I feel before called to Somalis, I feel called to obey and serve the Lord, and right. and and to target or to focus on 
unreached and it's just been this long process with sure. Somalis for us. But I think it's really neat that you didn't um, fall into that theology that says that you just get on an airplane and you become a new person when you're halfway across <laughs> the ocean. You know, you just you just land in the place you're supposed to serve with yeah. all these new gifts and abilities that just magically appear in your life as you're traveling an airplane. You yeah. didn't that, that you didn't believe that lie about the magic in the airplane. I don't know how I had that wisdom, but I just I think I was just gun ho to get in yeah. and just to meet people and Yeah, no, that's, that's yeah. amazing that you were involved, yeah, hands-on as a student. Uh, you didn't wait to say, I'm going to, you know, someday. It wasn't a someday thing in your life. You said, well, why don't we go ahead and start now? Yeah. And that's a, that's beautiful. And you have had the, uh, you did serve here for a while yeah. in, in the Twin Cities. For it was about, longer than we thought. We thought we'd go as, kind of as soon as possible, but the Lord just kept us here. Right. Um, we'd prayed about other opportunities, and he just kept um kind of not releasing us from yeah. this work and and we we did love it and we stayed here um until 2012 wow. we landed 2010 we kind of made the decision and then 2012 we landed in east africa wonderful well so we landed in east africa uh how is living in a muslim context like you have been in mm-hmm. in east africa how is that different from the usa yeah um my very first thought that comes to mind is we we really prefer living there, especially when you think of work, the work that we're doing, and because of our calling. Um, when I when we worked with Somalis in the U.S., I I always had this struggle of what hat am I wearing today for this moment? Mm-hmm. Am I am I soccer mom? Am I um, you know Sunday school mom? American Sunday school mom? American so- soccer mom? Am I um, I just had a lot of, con- not conflict, but, you know, there was just like, I had so many things I was doing as an American here in America and then kind of like on the side and yet s- still trying to full-time do um, Somali ministry. And once we got to Africa, there was such a relief that I just, all of it was amongst Somalis. All of it was amongst Muslims. Right. And for us, we... Um, f- uh, we were more in touch, even with the urgency, I think, because we were mm-hmm. there. We were sure. the minority. Right. We were seeing it all the time. It was the call to prayer all day long in our windows, and the intensity rose for us. Um, and um, it was going, you know, whether you're going to the bank, whether you're going to the grocery store, whether you're, you know, just having your, um, my husband's students over for a meal at our home, it was all focused on ministry and what how we can reach out to them and Holy for me God. I know that's I really love that now that's not that's not touching the base of um or that's not touching on the fact that like there was make there were big changes I we were covering our heads over um, wow. one of the countries we lived in and um definitely a Muslim atmosphere but overall like for me and for work I really preferred going and being there amongst them sure yeah yeah much more of an immersion experience I guess yeah and focus we felt so yeah yeah, yeah. much more focus and sure yeah. well that's neat um well I you know I know that um You've learned a lot serving in that part of the world, and then you you shared a message in chapel uh, yesterday. Um, and you, your text was from Acts, mm-hmm. and you emphasize the importance of the Holy Spirit's mm-hmm. empowerment and work in our lives mm-hmm. and our surrendering to that. Um, I want to ask you, you know, just what are some in your journey of sure. living in Africa, mm-hmm. working with Africans, and then just the, the process you've been through. Maybe what are some um, some keys you've learned 
to mm-hmm. cooperate with the Holy Spirit and to see him move uh, and experience his power? Would you yeah. share some of those? Oh, that is a big question, <laughs> but it's a good question. And we should be asking ourselves that, um, you know, the Holy Spirit has, we just, we aren't, we're never, we're never fighting a battle against a flesh and blood person or, um, even our own battle within us. It just, it feels like it's all about the spirit, you know? Mm. And um, we need him. Yes. And um, I'm just never going to change a Somali's heart in my effort. I'm never going to um, speak the language good enough to, I'm never going to um, eloquently articulate the gospel good enough. I'm never going to argue with Somali. That's not me. I'm never going to argue a Muslim into the christian corner you know Mm. it has to be his work and i think um i've always felt like the work is bigger than what i could do sure and i've always felt like i've really needed him um the holy spirit um i i don't know if i'm digressing no it's good i i've i've just i've seen him keep me um Keep me hungry for him. Sure. Keep me knowing I'm doing a task that's bigger than I can do. Right. And um, I do see him working. I see him um, when my believing friends tell me of what, you know, the dream or the vision they've had. And, right. And how that has really caused them to get over their fear and to become a follower of Jesus. Um or we have this, we have a woman who's really interested in the Holy Spirit, and and I just know that came from from <laughs> the Spirit. He gave yes. her that desire yeah. to to learn about Him. Um, yeah. That's I, good. Yeah. Okay. That's wonderful. That's <laughs> great. Well, what some keys? What would be some things, keys, instructions you give to particularly ladies who yeah. are working among Somalis? It could be all Muslims, but maybe particularly Somalis. That's your yeah. your 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 niche. Um, yeah. That you'd say that hey, if, if you're, what are some things that ladies should know or think about as they're sharing sharing gospels or interacting with Somalis? Oh man. That's a hard question for me. I know it shouldn't be, but it is. I, for some reason, the first thing I'm thinking of is like, um, I don't know if this pertains just to women. I think it's men and women. Well, it can be. Yeah, I just. I, like, I feel like you've got to start with, are you saved? You know, are you? You got to start with why. I. It has to be that they're not so different from you. That you are. They're. Mm. Even though they're in a mat, or they're in a veil. Right. I'm in a mask. They're in a veil. Right. <laughs> um, and um, you know, yeah. even even though they're different from you, they're Muslim, whatever. Like, put on the the lenses that they're they're a sinner and I'm a sinner. Right. I'm a saved sinner and they're a sinner that doesn't know. And and don't um don't make them so far away like in your mind and so unreachable in your mind like mm. let them be um somebody that you can you have a ton in common with because you are you are a once lost person they are a lost person sure <laughs> um for for women I don't know if I have a woman specific thing because to me that feels well and maybe that's not a, maybe yeah. maybe don't feel limited to that yeah. just just, okay. just sharing yeah. with Somalis that's yeah. fine yeah I just think um, and don't feel like it's 
yes, it's impossible, but it can, it's not that it can never be done. You know, don't, don't lose hope that, um, that Somalis can come to Jesus. Uh, we worked so many years before we were seeing that happen. We, we saw some, some Somalis come out of the woodwork, but now we're beginning to see, um, more fruit and, um, um, some Somali Christians come out of the woodwork that we hadn't led, but now we're seeing our team lead people to the, to the Lord. And it's just an exciting new day. And, um, don't also, I think pray about the attack, the, the spiritual heritage behind don't just, you know, they are the people that you meet and you talk with, like they're a product of a lot of history. Right. So when you're praying for them, you know, you attack the spiritual heritage that has held them. And, um, and yes, speak to them with your words and share the gospel with them, but also recognize they need release from um, generations of sure. being in bondage. Yeah. That's, that's good. Um. What are some victories you can share? Some things yeah. that God has done? Well, um, we're on furlough now, but right before we left, we were, I, I was working with, um, I was just starting to work with two women that I had worked with separately, um, discipling, having Bible studies with two believing women that were really afraid to meet together. Mm. Um they met once. Why, why, I, I, they don't I, trust I, each other. Yeah, can you ex- can you can maybe ex- yeah. explain that a little more? That's uh, I've heard okay. that a lot with Somalis, but if you could explain that more. Yeah. Um, they neither one of them are are um, completely out there and open to sharing, and they haven't told their at the time they hadn't told their families that they mm. were believers. Right. Um, and. Every time we're getting together for Bible study, I'm kind of pressing them a little bit, but yet knowing this is their journey at the same time. But we're always talking about, uh, um, I'm always encouraging them, pushing them to share with somebody else because I, I just know it's never going to grow and spread or right. become anything else if they don't share. Um, but they don't trust each other and they are afraid to tell another believer. At least these two were afraid to tell another believer, and we see that a lot with other. Um, people, they're just afraid to be outed when they don't want to be. Right. And um, outed in their family, they're afraid of what they'll lose. You know, mm. it's like first they face that fear when they're making the decision to follow. Right. But then they face that fear again when they are um, making the decision to tell someone else. Sure. And they just kind of feel vulnerable in those people's hands, and right. they don't know them, and they have heard of these two had heard of other Christians who weren't trustworthy. Um, in the past, so I don't know. That was the main issue. They were afraid to tell each other. Sure. They prayed about meeting, um, and we helped facilitate a meeting for them. It didn't go perfectly. They they had a good meeting at the time. Then they the next time they talked, they had a conflict, and then they didn't want anything with each other for a long time. But then right before, um, a couple months before I I came back for furlough, um, the Lord really orchestrated on accident, a meeting where, um, the one, one woman had come to my home and she was sick. I fed her. We talked. She started taking a nap. That's kind of a cultural thing they do after uh-huh. lunch. They take a nap wherever they're at. Uh-huh. So my house, I was there you the, go. Yeah. And I told her, I was like, Oh, I've got something coming up at a certain time in the afternoon. So, um, I'll take you home. 
I go in there to wake her up. I cannot wake her up at all. I cannot wake her up. I'm like, I have to like sh- rattle this woman if I have to. I, like, she's not waking up. I'm even kind of like shaking her. But I'm like, okay, Lord, I guess I'm not waking her up. I'll just take her home at some other point. But I was concerned because I knew the other woman coming was um, the other believer who wasn't, they weren't really, they were choosing not to interact. And so I, I told her, I was like, if you want to continue, if you want to go ahead and have this meeting, I just want you to know that this, the other woman is in the house and she could come in and I'd like, if she wakes up, I can't keep it a secret. You know, like, what, right. you know, how do you want to handle this? Do you want to leave while she's still asleep or do you want to stay? And she's like, I think I'll stay, you know, then the woman almost as soon, we got through kind of chit chatting and catching up. And then it's almost as soon as I am pulling out the, the, the Bible story and we're walking through it. Um, the other woman just comes into the room. Wow. And just sits down with us. So I don't know what's, you know, it felt a little volatile, but I'm walking through and it was, a, it ended up being really beautiful. And I Amen. think they got a taste of what they could, how they could encourage each other. Yeah, be, be I don't know Christian why. community. Yeah. yeah. And then the next, I didn't want to press it again, but I was really praying for it and kind of excited they would want to do it again. And so the, 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 the woman that had her, her Bible study interrupted the next time. She was like, I, where is this other woman? I, I miss her. And she's like, you're a sister to me and I love you, but she's a Somali sister. <laughs> and she's like, I, you know, and, and it was like, she finally recognized I need this. And so then they did start to meet together Wonderful. and it was just powerful for us. And, um, this, this other win is I'll pray for them though. Cause the, their relationship is sensitive. They, they have to go, they have to overcome a lot of things to trust each other, but they do need each other. They do need to be sisters. They do need to be encouraging the one woman who had taken the nap um uh, has now shared with her husband and her sister that she's a follower so that's really exciting for us the husband is like accepting it which is interesting and her first thing she said to me was now we have to pray for him we have to pray that he will come to the lord wow um but her sister did not accept it and was like you cannot eat in my house you can't be in my house um so Mm. it's interesting um but just another win and kind of a request um we, there's a woman on our team that several of us women are working together to share with. We call her Alice. And for, I think it's been a whole, I think it's been over a year that she's been like fervently studying the Bible and really Wonderful. excited. Yeah. Um, she's so curious about the Holy Spirit. And from day one, that's what she wants to talk about. She asks me if I'm, if I have any spiritual languages. And it's just kind of interesting. <laughs> one of the first things she asked me. But so she has just made a this is coming from her and what the lord is doing in her but she um has decided if i do choose to follow jesus who she knows is you know is the the savior um she's like i won't do it i won't do it secretly and so she's already made that decision and but she hasn't quite made the decision to come out and say I'm following. Right. So, or even just like she hasn't, she feels like she hasn't made that decision, even though we hear her. We even tease her, like you just sound like you're, you sound like a Christian, you know, Alice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but she specifically wants to pray and fast this week wow. um, about that decision. Is she gonna yeah. jump in and yes. follow Jesus and not be secret and share, or she and and pay whatever the consequences in her society are for right. that, or is she gonna um, not make that commitment? Sure. The need for prayer. Let's pray for Alice to have the courage. 
Yes. To jump in. Well, if we can do that as we conclude this time, I want to say yeah. thank you for sharing. But yeah. I, if we can maybe, uh, I'll go ahead. I'd like to leave that in prayer for Alice. Yeah. That's okay. That'd be right great. here while we're st- while we're still on the interview. Yeah. Uh, Father, we thank you for Alice and your hand upon her life. We thank you for the journey she's been on. We thank you for the work you've done in her, in her heart, in her spirit, in her mind. We pray you continue to draw her to you, that she would fully commit herself to you, Jesus. Yes. Fully commit herself to following you, that you would confirm that in her heart even this week, and that she would stay true. We pray blessings over her in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to another amazing episode of the Antioch Initiative podcast. We encourage you to follow us on whatever podcasting platforms you use the most. Feel free to check out our social medias to stay updated on all future content.